Good evening, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to Hi. the Chasers podcast featuring me, Sam Bacon. Me, Seb Lloyd. And me, Harry Mailer. Harry the Lovely. Mailman Mailer. And oh, yeah. special guest today... We have Sven Nice. Sven Nice in <laughs> cat form. Yes. Sven, do you have anything to say? He's licking Seb's mic as we speak. He was punching it earlier, so we thought we'd get a bit more audio. But You might get a bit of that on there soon. So yeah, so last time we were locked away in the spare bedroom, but this time we're sort of sat on the floor in the lounge with a lot of cables everywhere. And he's sort of just running right around us. So the settings might change, the audio settings might change, because he has, he has been walking on the mixer. Biting things. Touching laptop screens. Just doing general kitten things. Yeah, he's not very professional, so he yeah. fits in perfectly with his podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's now actually sleeping next to the mixer, or lying down next to the mixer. <laughs> licking the power cable. That's <laughs> 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 how he gets all his uh, wins. Yeah. Extra wattage. How is everyone? We haven't chatted on the podcast oh for <laughs> a month. Oh, at least, isn't it? Yeah, at least, yeah. Since is our it? record-breaking podcast for listens. Is it? Yeah. Is it? I think, really? it, I think it did very well. Which is record annoying, yeah. I think, our first one, somehow. Was that, sorry, was that the one where I did a game? Maybe that's a, maybe that's a sign. Yeah, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, your game is obviously so good, Harry. I, I don't actually remember it, but... No, I don't either, oh. which is embarrassing. <laughs> so it must have been really good. I so, what are we going to cover this week, then? How are we going to bounce back? We've got a lot. We're going to chat about road riding, everyone's favourite topic. We're in, a, gonna... in a positive or negative light. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> it starts positive. Yeah, and least. then declines. Much like a road ride. We're going to have a chat about <laughs> polarised training and different versions of polarised training for everyone. Stroke actually explaining to me what polarised training is. Yeah, if you say it with enough confidence, then people believe you. Um, we're going to talk about money in road riding and general riding and whether, you know, do you get everything you pay for all the time. Uh, local races... Winter riding in general, our Roubaix preparation and Flanders preparation, bit of pro season news, and then we've got a hot topic all about nutrition and or spring possibly classics. not nutrition or not nutrition. Oh, let's throw in shade early. <laughs> and then spring classics. I've done a lot of research for the men's and women's opening spring classics. I am buzzing. And then we may have a game depending on how much research I can do whilst we're whilst we're recording. Yeah, and a uh, email. Oh yeah, sorry, Petter is back. Petter oh. is back. Yeah. Can I can I mix that up a bit though? Uh, can we actually start, I reckon, with uh, the local season racing? Yeah, I'd love to. Local season racing? Early local racing. Season. Racing. <laughs> so this actually affected us a little bit, didn't it? Because just before la- the last time we recorded, it, did. it was Team Champs and we were absolutely buzzing for it. We were ready. I, I went and bought new chains for my bike. I cleaned it the day before. I was, I was even up that morning, still waiting to see if it was going to be on or not. But yeah. Unfortunately, like a lot of events that weekend, including some actual high-profile... Perfs. Um, cross races in Belgium, like even higher than Perfs. <laughs> there's, there's nothing higher than Perfs. <laughs> How dare you? What are you talking about? Um, yeah, it was it, unfortunately, I can't remember what Storm was then. Storm Basil, something like that? Storm Basil. No, Basil. Uh, it was Kira. <laughs> was it Kira or was it the B? <laughs> yeah, it's Kira. It doesn't was, go down the Africa. Yeah, I gathered that, but I wasn't sure how long ago it was. Storm Basil. <laughs> Sounds sounds a brute. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, uh, the morning of, they were having very high winds, so our cross champs got cancelled. Yeah, a real shame. We were very much looking forward to that. You'd, be, you'd done a lot of tapering. <laughs> <laughs> I was rested. <laughs> oh, I had some beers the night before, so. 
And you changed your tyres to full slicks. Yes, that's so. So that we were sort of debating after cross champs last year, which was uh, Sam's first ever cross race. There was a lot of tarmac and there's one really muddy section. So this time I was sort of like, I'm going to run the muddy section regardless because even with mud tyres on, we couldn't really ride it. But this time I was like, right, we run that bit. I want as much speed as I can possibly get on the hard pack sand and tarmac. So I ran file treads. I was going to run file treads. Um, I didn't even get to test out my, um, my fantastic winning theory. No, and the worse the weather got the days before, you were like, it's all coming to play. Yes. It's coming to me. I don't need any tyres whatsoever <laughs> at this rate. I just need to run a lot. It's going to take a foam frame, just like pipe, <laughs> pipe lagging in, a, in the shape of a An bike. A4 printout of the cannon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's actually our three peaks bike. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trainers. So, sort of Crawley Wheelers. Crawley Wheelers, wasn't it? They, they put on, they, they were people yeah. hosting it. They did everything they could, really. It was we, we were sort of on the edge of where it was going to be on or not because it's like quite a lot, it's very sheltered. And a lot of it was indoors anyway. So yeah, I think it was a travel getting there as well because it's quite rural. Mm. It was there were amber weather warnings, so that's pretty. You know, that's quite bad. Just going to say though, instead though, I, I drove an hour and a half to the New Forest uh, <laughs> and there and back, and I didn't die. So <laughs> we could have raced. <laughs> we could have won. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Safety came first. But then uh, Perth was cancelled a few days earlier, wasn't it? So that's after in, over in Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, and obviously finished on top of a very exposed hill. So that's the, the right call there as well. Yeah. But there was lots of people ready to go. They'd done their training, their tapering, all ready to hit the big big one. Yeah, because that, that is like the big southern, if not national, early season road race, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I don't really know what becomes the, the, the big race in, in its place. Uh, Preston Park on a Sunday morning <laughs> is what happened. So that's how the southern <laughs> uh, the, first the southern calendar started, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a new. I think I think it's a new league. It's normally a track league. It's SCRL Sussex Cycle Racing League. I think they do track nights and stuff like that. And they've obviously got pedal bikes. So versions. so on the, when it's a track league, obviously they ride fixies. Yeah, and this was like normal, whatever the a normal bike is called, <laughs> non. Non-fixing. Yeah, I don't. Wheelie. <laughs> Free wheelie. Wheelie bike. <laughs> Free wheelie cat. <laughs> and it, it was very mossy. That was this Sunday. And people were thinking it was going to get cancelled. Is, is Preston Park usually that mossy? Uh, it is quite mossy, yeah. Quite slippy. And um, But it was still on. And it got put on. And everyone got round safe. There's some good racing, apparently. It was all the new Hunt team, which is made up of riders from other teams last year, obviously. And South Downs bikes, great in a group there. of ten with like, <laughs> a few other people. Is that is that news just in? Yeah, people existed, <laughs> and then they joined a new thing. And they uh, won it. Uh, Charlie Heffernan, who used to race for South Downs bikes, also he doesn't. Oh, so oh. he's moved from. He's them. moved. He races gotcha. for Hunt now. Good and uh, he won, which is great. And uh, what friend um, of the podcast, Mark Gower, got third after a lead out from Paul, who worked hard. Stu, who rides for South Downs, got a puncher. But they were so far ahead. He got a puncher, How changed it, and still got ten. <laughs> nice one. He hit some sharp moss. <laughs> <laughs> Extra dense moss. It lubricated the air to come out. Yeah. So, um, so what, what category is that then? Do you know? Two, three. Two, three. And there was a fourth cat race as well. Um, there wasn't that many. I think there was only about 11 entrants. So good place to... If you want points, fourth cats, Seb. Now you tell me. you just got to turn up and you might be able to get one. <laughs> no. Just do that ten times, 11 times. Funny. Yeah, that looks, uh, looked good fun, actually. Was there not a single accident then? No, surprisingly. Uh, they all got round. Um, I think, obviously, a high standard of rider. All, you know, all working for teams. 
and I think it's a sign of things to come for this season in that the I think it's filtering through this the team quality aspect. or the, the egos. The ego's been put firmly back in the box. No, I think just quality of people wanting to race for their teams rather than for themselves. And I think it's testament that if you're a good second cat, you can pick up those points quite easy and therefore it's not a rush to try and get the points for yourself because you yeah. know they're going to come. And especially the more races there's put on, and hopefully there'll be quite a few races that are on this year, it's not a, I've only got a finite amount of chances to get those points. Do you think now sort of with uh, obviously the, the slight decline in road racing around here especially, that sort of where less people are sort of maybe taking part now, mm. it's now the people that really want to do it. So because of that, it's maybe the better riders yeah, and the real, the real keen people. So sort of the quality of racing is going up and sort of that more team play team aspect of it is, is coming to play a lot more. Yeah, like opening season at Preston Park on a rainy and windy Should Sunday. Should not, not have two of the best, South's best teams. Yeah, you've got like, I think there were like three, at least three or four teams with like actually riding as teams. I think there was um, a Portsmouth team were involved. Uh, P-N-E-C-C, I think. Yeah, I can't. I, I, there was a few riders in those jerseys, but I think people were realising, right, to do well now in even third cat races... We've got to be organised and do it, and that's the fun. And therefore, people do it more because it's enjoyable. I suppose that, and that, that's sort of that you're getting the riders that maybe just go to the chain gang, like like the really fast yeah. Sunday rides. That's almost what the races are becoming when you've got a large team there. You're sort of getting that just a smash fest. Yeah, so people that don't have a chance to win can still feel part of it. Like in the pro thing, you've only got a few percent of the riders can actually win the race yet all the other riders are still really important to help those riders win it. So I think that's the that's a good element of it that's coming through. And if it if it stays that way, that's you know, I want to get involved in that sort of thing because that's fun. That's a good thing to do. And it's safer because people are riding much more thinking about others rather than just trying to get into a gap themselves all the time. So it's a much higher quality rider, I think, that is involved in those, which is good. So good work, everyone, at Preston Park. And I think they're happening every other week. Every month, there's quite a few that are going on. They run throughout the season as well, don't they? They just go on. I think they go on for ages, don't they? Yeah, and then there's um, the road. The Searle race is happening at Dunsfold. Oh, I think this weekend. Is that still going? The series. Yeah. And then what is it, the other one? Um, Sorry, League. Oh, yeah. Sorry, League. Are they still going as well? Yeah, they've done a great thing. Like they've joined together. So if you affiliate to one, you're in the other. Okay. So you now, and they've taken away lots of the tricky bits with marshalling and stuff like that they've gone back to i think the club running races but so again almost if you want to if your club wants to associate you have to host the race yeah but what's really tricky now though is you're getting these composite teams made up of high quality riders but they're not huge clubs anymore so if you've got a team like south downs bikes or the hunt team and things like that you've got maybe 11 riders 12 riders and that's not enough people to put on a mm. road race so then it's trying to join with other teams, maybe, to be able to put these things on. But hopefully you've got more dedicated people that want to do that yeah. sort of thing, give back to the community. Mm. Sorry, Sven's just balls yeah. deep in a, a toy car bag for life. Podcast bag. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be, be good to see. Hopefully Unknown RDT um, are back on it. I've seen some of them training. And then Crawley Wheelers will be coming out. One of their young juniors got third in Preston Park. So I think that's one of their first results. It's always good to see against like a, a, a quite a strong field of like sort of experienced riders as well. Yeah, and they're um, they're really bringing through lots of lots of talent. And they've got lots of riders, so that'd be very exciting. Things like Hove Park Crits this year are going to be amazing. Cause there's going to be loads of 
proper organised teams going going up for it, and Ravenna are going to be involved as well. So yeah, looking forward to that. Lots of lots of interesting local racing news coming your way soon. Um, what's we going to get an inside scoop when Harry does it all? Harry's going to do it all after he crashes oh, in the first race. That's it. Takes his yeah. skin off. <laughs> I the whole retires early. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to do. Yeah. I've. I think I'm going to do as many handicaps as I can. I'm back into it. I was thinking that. Yeah. And, um, handicaps are more fun anyway. Handicaps great. The road races. I just. I'd. I'd want to do it with a team. And Blazing Saddles. I don't think are going to have a team. For that, there's not not enough people that want to do it, so um, it would be me and you, Harry, maybe and JD. Yeah, so, we're trying to organise it a bit more like the end of last year where we did a few. They're quite nice races, like nice routes as well. Like the one was it near Gatwick? The like it's quite a good course. That up the hill yeah, and, that. and they're all really close to my house, so I might have a chat to Crawley Wheelers and sort of be a hidden get a ringer, hidden helper for them. A, ri- a ringer in inverted commas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He what? said, "I was like, oh, I, you know." He was like, "You can help out." I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I can shout from the back." Well done, as you sprint for the line, <laughs> looking good. Yeah, I helped. <laughs> I helped lots. I was in the race. If you want, I can count on your Strava. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you kudos. Yeah, that leads actually onto one of the first points is uh, my new road racing setup because it was well documented on this podcast that I sold my road bike. And um, wasn't going to do that much road riding, but I'm still doing lots of off-road. But I've set my winter my winter cross bike. That sounds spoiled, doesn't it? Is now my summer road bike. Your old cross bike is now your new road bike. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my crux. I've put some Chinese carbon wheels on it that I stole from Ed from TCC. Cause he they did. look good as well on it when they we're riding on Saturday. Yeah, yeah and they're brilliant. Up. And yeah. And it comes on to what we're going to talk about in a second of how much bike do you actually need and what difference does it really make? Because I've been riding this bike and I'm just as quick, if not faster, because of my fitness and stuff. But I don't think it makes any difference. And this is a 210 pound cross bike with a 46 chain ring, eight speed Claris with two-year-old Vittoria courses, a 10 pound stem that I bought. Twice done Roubaix. Planet X. It's done Roubaix. It's been It's been there. It's done South Solid Downs part. way. It's down yeah, Battle of the Bowl. Yes. And I love it. And it's wicked. I can chuck it around. I don't have to worry too much about it. Um, but it's not noticeably slower. So what standard would it make a difference? Would yeah, it stop you from ever winning a race? But on those descents on the weekend when you shouted behind me when I was in front of you, if, if, I, if I hear you shout, please move because I might not stop in time. <laughs> that was quite concerning. I mean, that's fair enough when you're riding... Uh, Carbon yeah. Chinese wheels in winter with cantilever brakes. <laughs> yeah. To be fair though, cantilever brakes are better than rim brakes. Yeah. Yeah. The carbon Chinese wheels. Carbon Chinese wheels. But again, yeah. they've been checked out by. So Ed bought them for like mega cheap from eBay, but mm. took them to a wheel builder place and just got them to check over all the tensions and stuff like that. It's just a Novatec hub. Yeah. The carbon rim is from the same factory as all these other places. It's Torre 2000, 3000, whatever it is. So they're literally the same. They're not that heavy. The bike's not super light, but I am. Super I didn't. Light. I, I didn't know they were Chinese rooms when I because you didn't mention that on ah, the, uh, the zip, zip stickers. Did you? Didn't they? <laughs> yeah, zap <laughs> my zap stickers. Well, I suppose it's as cyclists, everyone is inherently like a magpie, aren't they? Yeah, you always you have just, that little bit of self doubt in there. You're never satisfied. You always want that little bit more. So even like you were saying the other day, Sam was like, "Oh, I want to just change this one to that," and then, then you sort of like you stop yourself being like. 
that's the that's the reason you're riding that bike is yeah exactly you don't need you're, you're trying, not trying to prove it but you're trying to prove it yourself you, yeah totally it's reassuring yourself that you, it doesn't make it doesn't make a difference i sort of think as long as it is in working order like well maintained yeah eight speed is better than my 11 speed yeah <laughs> um the brakes work the gears work and it feels solid like you, you're not like worried about it breaking when you're on the move then it's like yeah. once you're riding you forget about what you're on yeah and- how, how often do you look down at your bike when you're riding no exactly and i just don't i don't think it makes any difference to the point of a time difference and the enjoyment like you say is from knowing that it's not loads and loads of money and yet it's still really good mm-hmm and you're not, you're not doing a TT on it where you're trying to get as aero as you possibly can. I mean, no, but I genuinely, I'd be interested to see if I were to do it on a, a, a full TT bike with, you know, aero bars, etc. For the position is slightly different, but I think you're like, if you spent money on it, obviously there are performance gains there. Mm. Like, there's no question of that. Is like if you there's efficiency, there's aerodynamics, but sort of for most people. Yeah. For what you want to do on it, you're doing local races here or there, just fast riding. It's like, it doesn't really yeah. matter. And if you're riding with people in a bunch, the difference is actually making the right decisions a couple of times to ride behind someone instead of in the wind saves you more time and effort than if you had an all singing, all dancing bike. Then you're exposed cable routing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it, I, I like the, my plan is to try and spend as little money on it as possible but still have it and maintain it but i just find myself going oh what if i just got a black chain set and i got a 50 tooth chain set and i have to keep reminding myself i'm like but why when i was riding my bike at no point did i go ah i would have been much faster or i'd have had much more enjoyment if i had a 50 tooth chain set i suppose on that it's like that's probably one of the the ones you you could allow yourself to do that and not sort of be cheating and it's like yeah if you find yourself constantly in that gear wanting more speed, absolutely if i'm running gear, out of gear that's then really that makes sense you but spin I'm not... a lot anyway so it doesn't really matter no exactly i like having a high cadence and harry knew the other day when we were riding when i was in that gear because for some reason it made the highest pitch squealing <laughs> sound <laughs> it's like yeah. a little warning that i've reached that peak that's but, your knees yeah we were doing like what 33 34 along a segment with like a tailwind and i wasn't yeah, going were... i need more gear yeah no I mean, it's absolutely fine so that's my little project. But that's sort of inspired by you and the Canon, they said, because that's sort of the whole idea of the Canon. Well, I think I, start, I started writing a little like article about old Lark, a blog post for the, for the chasers about this. And it's sort of, it's riding a bike for what it means to you, not more than for yeah. what, almost like to show off as such that. Yeah, so having I, the latest thing. The whole time I've ridden cross, I've been, I've had the Canon and it's always been like trying to upgrade it, trying to make it modernize a bit there. But there's always been this part of me that's like, it's still like a 20 year old bike over 20 year 20, 20 years old now i'm always making the excuses of the oh, is, is it if i had this brakes or tubs would it be a little bit better yeah. so like i was pricing it all up i was like to make it competitive i need to spend this on it so i was like well for that i might as well buy a new bike so i did that i bought the ridley had like a lovely lovely cross bike di2 hydraulics on it tubs and at the same time as every time i'd still be excited to be riding the cannon again yeah so it's like sort of then to me that's because it's an event it's an experience rather than just a, a means to do something exactly it's like it's, it's not as fast but it brings more of a smile to my face when i'm riding the cannon yeah going slower having a bit more of a challenge on things uh, and it makes things a bit more exciting yeah and if you if you were to be racing seriously on the cannon and you 
just miss out on a win or an important spot, then you go, okay, actually, I'm at the point where it's more important for that win and I'm losing that time. But you're not. And yeah. you're beating people by long enough that even if you're on the Ridley, you'd still have that same position. Definitely. Yeah, you did it on the Canon and it's much more. And you haven't spent three and a half grand on a bike. Exactly. And you, you take it back to say, even if, say, I was at the level where I'm racing cross on a world level, world stage. It's like 10 years ago, they were running bikes probably not too much yeah. more modern than Canon, maybe a bit lighter, but that's what it is. It's like, And you're saying that me now on a modern cross bike, yeah. Sven Nice would still how my ass to me yeah. <laughs> 10 years ago. But you need, modern Seb now needs all the latest technology. Exactly. When like, well, why? The courses haven't changed. They're still just as hard, although ours are nowhere near that level. But yeah. So I think it's just sort of reminding yourself that you, you, it doesn't make a difference what you ride yeah. relative to your enjoyment. And I think it's almost a hobby in itself, looking up things to put on the bike. And it's like an exciting thing that it's that short-term placebo effect of, oh, this is better, this is going to make me faster. Sort of, it's like this sort of um, scrolling on Instagram, isn't it? When you get yeah. out the hole of just like, I remember there's, there's some, probably some endorphin about it and like that gives you that enjoyment and then you sort of you lose it and you need it back again so you scroll a bit more it's yeah like it's like a habit like biting your nails like you've all, you, I, I use the nail polish to stop me doing that <laughs> <laughs> i sit at work paint my nails <laughs> um yeah like you uh you, you buy a gold chain you're like oh great that's me that's me happy for a week and then suddenly you're like oh now what i'll have to get super slick cable liners to make my shifting better yeah and so on and so on and it's that panic of ah oh, these tires will save me three watts and all, like the advertising they're so clever the bike industry at making you think that that's what you need but in reality those things just don't make a difference because there's so many variables when you're riding in a group with people which is what everyone does unless you're doing time trials where tenths of seconds are really important and if you're doing that and you're not at a really high level like maybe you don't, don't need to take it as seriously because you might enjoy it more if you're not putting yourself under so much pressure and then it doesn't make that much difference because then you can save your money. Your performance has almost got to justify how much you spend. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it becomes about justifying that cost. And then are you riding a bike for the right reasons anymore or are you spending a lot of time away from friends and family doing something to prove yourself? And that, is that necessarily healthy? Some people might do that for the right reasons, but and I think that's why gravel's taken off because it takes away a lot of that pressure and a lot of people and roadies and stuff are going to it because they're re they're finding, re- finding their love for it. Because it's almost like that's how everyone starts riding. Yeah, because it's no pressure and it's... And I, I really like the competitive side of it, but I also like the other side. And it's trying to combine those in that you can have both, but you've just got to really check yourself and make sure that you don't get carried away with that competitive edge because it's meant to be fun, apparently. Mm. I find it fun. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about polarized training, everyone. So, if you want to get fast with your fancy new bike, yeah, the the now is it? Would you say this is the the new way of thinking? This is the zeitgeist, which is like the trendy movement. Okay, okay, I looked you blankly then. <laughs> I love that word. Zeitgeist would be a good uh, bike name. Yeah, I'm riding the zeitgeist. It's, but the zeitgeist is like you. you have it's to always fix. changing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> one, one year it's a fixie, now it's a gravel bike. But it has to be the same frame. <laughs> you can only change one thing a year. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So obviously, training changes, base miles within the thing, and then something was intervals and now so now polarized training is is the sort of the latest 
crazy. Well, it's not crazy yet, but... Yeah, it goes against a lot of things about Sweet Spot. Um, and I read I read a short thing about it, and then I read a bit more of an article, and it fits quite nicely into how I want to write. And it basically is 80% endurance and 20% high intensity. So Sweet Spot sits at the top of your threshold. No, top, top of, of zone three, isn't it? Yeah, top zone of zone three, three zone and then... So it's like a very small part, but it's actually been, well, they think they've proven that you get the same benefits from riding in a, in lower zones anyway. So why fatigue yourself and push yourself when you can get the same adaptations from a lower zone? So uh, that's what I'm currently trying out. I'm trying to do easy endurance rides consistent with my ERG on my new trainer and then races and high intensity intervals and stuff like that, which um, we shall see if it makes, I mean... Again, I don't really have enough training hours and training history to be able to quantify and test whether it's working or not. But it feels nice and I still feel I'm getting a workout and I'm getting tired, but I'm just able to recover quicker and keep going. So I like it. Um, Yeah, so I'm giving it giving it a go, seeing seeing what people think. But I don't really think I do enough hours for it to be for me doing five or six hours. Whatever it is, is still better than nothing. It's better than nothing. But specifying into different zones and stuff like that i don't think necessarily has as much impact about recovery because you're not fatiguing your body enough to recover to get the recovery you need are you um... it's, about, it's about sustainability isn't it like if you're yeah. doing 15 hours a week then you like exactly. when I, last year when i was riding that much you can't physically go out and just do exactly every day you just kill yourself yeah and, and i think that's where the whole sweet if i did sweet sport or if i did this polarized stuff i think i'd get the same the same result because my body can cope with until that, you get that sort level of that 15 hour block yeah where that's when you reach that next level up and you need to yeah. know you know you need to go into those different things are you um are you following a, a plan of such then or is it sort of just no, so it? this is where zwift is crap because they do these training plans and they look really good etc but they you have to do them on a certain day and you can't pick different workouts so you have to do them in order in the right time so on it says like do by Tuesday and if I'm outside riding I then can't do that workout and then the new workout comes along. So I was in the middle of like doing lots of training and then I was like, oh maybe I'll do a plan but then the first week is like pedaling drills for half an hour and then it's nothing. Oh you can't choose what you do then. No. So I've just basically looked at what those plans are and I've got a load of endurance workouts that I can pick from. And I've got a load of high intensity ones. So then I just pick and choose. Basically, at the moment, I just do endurance and watch the thick of it in the mornings. <laughs> because that's fun. Have you done the uh, McCarthy special one yet? No. I don't know if that will be on. That won't be on a, um, like a workout, like a training plan one. But that is, like, as a standalone workout, I think that is the hardest single one I've ever done. Oh, okay. I have seen the, um, the little Horrific. graph for it. It looks pretty bad. I think it's like three minutes at just below threshold. No, three minutes at threshold, then three minutes a bit above threshold, then three minutes even more above threshold than that, and then you do that three times. Oh, blimey. Just, yeah, exactly that. Sounds that. Like effort. What you've done there is you've set your FTP too high, so threshold's <laughs> yeah. difficult. Threshold's not that difficult <laughs> when you set it to 50%. <laughs> no, I've, I'm, uh, I've got to be... Now I'm training in the morning, I've got to be super quiet. So with ERG mode, I've worked out that about my zone two is perfect... Um, level of noise i can get away with because you've just got a new trainer should yeah, add i've got 
Oh yeah, I got that since the last one. I got um, an elite diretto, which is Italian for elite directo. Oh, <laughs> they're good. They're good. Direct drivo. Um, it's great. And Seb and I did a. Um... Oh, we did it. We we missed so much. <laughs> now. Oh, you did a part. So uh, what was it? Was that a weekday? Right, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, I think it was one. Uh, it was an evening. It was a yeah. Wednesday evening, some evening. Where Sam was back down um, visiting his parents. I think it was a Friday evening or something like that, I think. Yeah, it was. Um, so we, we came, he came down and I took my turbo across to his parents' house. We set the turbos up in, the, in my parents' like third bedroom. <laughs> this tiny little room with uh, a little bed in where my daughter sleeps. And we were sometimes. essentially rubbing shoulders <laughs> in our bib shorts. And yeah. we had, we had a little Zwift, so it was so much fun. It was Zwift ride. It was good. We went up the mountain. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it's definitely a, definitely something in that for people to ride together and race together. Like when you're in the same room, it's quite funny. Yeah. Because also it means I couldn't get off. Yeah. Because there wasn't room to get off. We got we got to like 30 minutes and said, so was like, right, I'm finished. I was like, no, we're finishing <laughs> this hill at least. <laughs> and then we just sat there and went downhill for 10 minutes. It was great. Yeah. So yeah, but ERG mode's great. So what, what is ERG mode? It is where... Um, Zwift will specify 190 watts. Yeah. And then however you pedal your cadence, because power is cadence times... No, watts is cadence times power. Um, or velocity times cadence. It's actually... Whatever. Uh, no, it's neither of them. That's the same thing. <laughs> cadence is angular velocity, RPM. All right. So for the cycling version of power, <laughs> it's cadence times force cadence times force but thank not, you but doctor, no, no one doctor uses Watts. <laughs> hence if you pedal slower but push more for your legs you yeah. can get the same power as if you gently press but twiddle your legs yes so it's good practice for that and um you can do different drills so that'll be then so because i actually did a zwift workout the other day what what, what did i do Emily Short Mix. That's the one. The, the one we ridiculed yes. on a previous podcast. I saw it. I was like, yes, I'm doing that. Half an <laughs> hour. That sounds perfect for my, uh, not only my schedule, but for my <laughs> willpower. <laughs> my polarized training plan. Yeah, exactly. So I did Emily Short Mix and I was laughing at it to start with. And then by the end of it, I was sweating so much. <laughs> I think I went blind from sweat. <laughs> but um, did that. And I didn't realize what this ERG mode was until now you've just said that. But. I was there, like trying to keep a constant cadence, constant cadence. And I realized, it doesn't matter. My turbo trainer adapts. So yeah. <laughs> if I pedal slowly, I, it just gets harder. Yeah, it just follows whatever you do. So like you can just you pedal as much as you want. And it's like and you just stay at the same speed. It's great. So like yeah, you can try as hard as you can, but your turbo only lets you do a certain amount regardless. Yeah. I think it really it really um, tries to enforce you spinning because it gives you a bit of a rest. And as you begin to like fa- fatigue, it gets harder. So it's in your interest to not let your legs go because you'll be oh towards the end i was grinding when you do a ramp test that's it's really hard oh, because that's bad, it just yeah. keeps getting harder and harder and you've got to keep spinning keep spinning but um top tip for erg mode always do it in the little ring you've got one by so once you've got a 48 tube single <laughs> ring <laughs> is it 48 yeah i got the 48 for the road oh, yeah. i bet it looks yeah. like a beast it, i was in the gal it. <laughs> it looks good so yeah my um of Sam's road bike, I've, he's turned his cross bike into a road bike. So, as now I'm running the Canon off-road, oh, it spins back. Um, you hear the pitter patter of a stampede <laughs> coming through. Yeah, um, I'm running the Canon off-road this summer and, and a bit of the spring now. Uh, so I put my cross bike, my the one we did the three peaks on, 
chuck some road tires on that, a bit of a longer stem, and I rather than the 36 2000 before, I put a 48. 48? So yeah, I'm running 48 with 11.36 at the back. 11.36? Yeah. 48.36? It works out about the same as a 39.28. Okay. Yeah. That's still pretty... still pretty big. That's still difficult, upper 10%. Hence, I'm not taking it to Belgium. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah, so that's that. Two cross bikes. One road summer cross bike. One winter summer. That's what we've done, isn't it? It's the perfect, the perfect plan. Okay. Let's have a little break for a second, everyone. Good day, mate. <laughs> we need a jingle. Oh, I could, I could cut that up. We need to do um, laugh in the peloton with me, Mitch Docker. <laughs> Good day, mate. <laughs> so yes, Peter has been in touch. He didn't. He missed our last podcast, so we couldn't. Uh, read that one out because he didn't email it in time but just after we did that he sent this across to me he's done lots of don't um, worry we cover this here Here, Pete's fall from grace yeah so I have a bit of a a problem for you guys to unravel it's it's something I reckon a lot of people have faced and have gone through in their biking careers maybe in my case a little more extreme but it's something I think needs to be addressed I guess the headline would be I got so sendy I became an ultra runner (laughs) it sounds like a TED talk doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so to start with to start from the beginning around mid-december even me and a few of our other friends went riding after work pretty normal we ride five six days a week in the summer the ride was a bit more special as we were heading to the conorat Cor- coronet dh for those who don't know coronet dh is considered the best track in new zealand and for some the best track in the world it's the track giafton and stevie C- uh, giafton and stevie smith scene in follow me Come to follow me. It was um, probably about ten years old now, maybe a bit, bit younger than that. It's before Queenstown really boomed as a like a man by destination worldwide. Um, it was Ant Hill Films who do a lot of like really really good downhill mountain bike freeride films. Um, and one of the best scenes in that one was Jatherton and Stevie Smith obviously got together at the big Red Bull house there and did like an amazing scene where they just follow me. Basically was two pro riders following each other down trails like that so they just absolutely fly down it huh? and this is like a really swoopy massive jump really like flowy in like a like stunning landscape as well queenstown so it had been closed for five years as uh coronet ski field stopped stopped running in the summer so it's a pretty big deal the track is fresh it rained that morning so the lifts were closed and all the downhills were too lazy to push up so we had the track to us so we had the track to ourselves what's so special about this track i hear you say where well, the soil is what can only be described as potting mix. It's the perfect combination of grip. You can hook every corner full speed and your bike will slide it a bit. And just as it shrouts the corner, you'll feel like a pro. Shrouts. I might so, so Seb might have to define shrouts. So if you could imagine like a, a hard packed berm, something like that. Yeah. You've got a little bit of like maybe like topsoil, a little bit of loose soil on there. Yeah. And it's basically what everyone does in corners now. You go on the inside. Slow motion. And you just rail the inside. And your tyres like roll and slide. And sort of like you pop against the bank of the berms, and it's how get you get a bit of a roost. I get the roost up there, and it make and it's called that because it's a bit of a, an onomatopoeia. Is that the right word? Yeah, it's onomatopoeia. It, it sounds, sounds like it, is. sounds yeah. like it is. Shlop. Shlop. Uh, so we push up to the top, and as we make our down, as as we make our way down, every corner is amazing, so amazing we have to ride it again instantly. We end up sessioning every corner and jump on the track at least three times. Everyone is feeding off each other, and we're all giggling like a group of schoolgirls after every section. We all make it to the bottom 
having all had 10 near crashes, but no actual crashes, and concluded it's the best ride of the year. Skip forward two months, and I'm just not loving mountain biking. Yes, it's still fun. I still ride a couple times a week, but nothing seems as good as that session. We went, we went back up to Corona Net. I hate this word. Coronet and rode the track again. It will never be as fresh or the dirt as good as that night. Was it that? Have I peaked? He's found Mecca. I think that's the problem. Yeah, Peter's peaked. And everything's a disappointment. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so in comes running. It started with the fact that I entered an adventure race with my mate. Whitewater kayaking, running and mountain biking. That sounds amazing. Um, whitewater kayaking, great one. That's a little bit of a secret skill, I think. I've got Pete terrible at it, though. Um, I realised running was definitely my weakness, and I probably shouldn't copy Seb and decide to do some training. After the first month or so of agony, my legs and my nipples got more used to it, and the feeling of running became more similar to that of a hard bike ride. Just to be clear, flat running is still sh- Anyone running on the flat loves hurting themselves and staring at a GPS watch. <laughs> if you're going to run, you have to go to the hills. Give yourself a lap or a peak to reach to make the objective going somewhere cool. If not, slippery slope to becoming a triathlete, a life of grinding out KMs and working out, working on your crop top tan lines. <laughs> so okay, yeah. Okay, so he's got the adventure, adventure side of Running it is fun. I've entered a mountain ultra marathon. What is wrong with me? Am I just getting old and that's what old people do? Have I actually got so sandy that I ruined mountain bike for myself? Is running better than biking? Is multi-sport the new cyclocross? Open to advice on this serious problem. Also, can you... Uh, recommend any good trail running podcast <laughs> number one fan pete <laughs> so a little bit further it. on from that before we answer his questions pete i did actually see do you see pete did his marathon the other day yeah should i get a get the stats I'll, up because fair play to him for someone that, i don't know if he's ever run a marathon or anything like that before but f- obviously not knowing what was going on when i when it came up on my thing i was like just had like i thought he just recorded and, it wrong yeah <laughs> it was like it's like tw- 2200 meters of climbing running and he did it in something like four and a half hours, wasn't it? Which is like a decent yeah. marathon pace. Yeah. yeah. Considering he's never done anything. Is he one of these sickening people that is just fit all the time and just does stuff and is good yeah, at Yeah, no, it? I don't want to compliment him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he is. He needs to change his Strava picture. He's got him in a full face. He needs to change that to him in a crop top. No, uh, like a visor. <laughs> a visor. <laughs> holding one of those drinks bottles. <laughs> a plastic cup. Yeah, Pete, I, you need to change that, please. No, but fair play. I've always liked the idea of sort of that like uh, adventure triathlon where you do like whitewater raft, uh, kayaking. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Mountain, but it sounds really good. So where do you do you have to buy a kayak? Well, Pete's actually got this weird thing now. I don't know if he. I think he's become an influencer. Um, and he's got like this weird backpack that sounds like a pop up backpack that turns into a kayak. A kayak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks really weird. But yeah, so he's Here got you go. that. Shot over moonlight mountain marathon, 7,000 feet, 5 hours, 50 minutes, 26 miles. That's a big enough bit to watch there. But that's still... Yeah, fair play. Yeah, that's crazy. On his, uh... Yeah, that, yeah. Is a, that is a mountain. It is a mountain he ran up. Yeah. That's for sure. It's fair play. So basically, to answer you, Pete, that, um, yes, that's what old people do. You are getting old uh, and you have room out and biking for yourself. I suppose that people are saying it's the best track in the world and it's not been open for five years. So Pete moved over there four years ago. Right, so he, he's never known it open, and it's the best track. And he in was the, world. the first person to go down on it. it. Yeah, because yeah. and it's an evening. You're with your mates. It just it sounds amazing, but yeah, I think you my suggestion is almost give up cycling for a year, get a cross bike, yeah, and ride because that's what we it's were talking thing... about to a far lesser extent. Because obviously, South Downs Way is not the greatest downhill mountain bike track in the world. <laughs> yeah, but underbiking yourself 
makes everything far more, more exciting. Fun. It's like when so I grew up in the New Forest riding, and it's like we rode rigid single speeds because that's the only way, and that's what I actually want to grapple bike now, isn't it? But that's the only way to make mountain biking their fun, is yeah. you've got to make it challenging. And I suppose that same thing is mountain bikes now, they're getting longer, slacker. You're trying to go as fast as you can, but make it feel as dull as possible. Yeah. And by being on the edge, that's when you're having the most fun. You, you like, it's, it's the feeling of um, like weightlessness going from like one corner to the other. It's like one of the best feelings you can have on a bike. Yeah. And if you can have that on like a little S-bend on a bit of a gravel trap by having a sketchy bike, then yeah. great. And like we were saying about, uh, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. You're looking at Sven, aren't you now? <laughs> he was doing a weird thing with the sofa. No, like we were saying about... <laughs> no, don't. It was a really important point. Oh, it's clever. Is it about weightlessness? Oh, no. Like we were saying about with road riding and racing and stuff like that, it's about chasing the, the feeling and the excitement rather than the time. So, and this is where Strava is de- detriment. You do you find a segment, and people buy things that will make them as fast as possible for that segment. But actually, you should be buying things that will make that part of that trail as exciting as possible. Mm-hmm. And you almost, you know, you could almost argue that you have a cyclocross bike leaderboard, and you have a mountain bike leaderboard, and stuff like that. And I think mountain bikers obviously aren't as into segments and things but when you look at strava they're very hotly contested when you go to some trails and you start seeing some of the straight lines people try and do it's like (laughs) you're taking the fun out of a corner because you're trying to just chase that time i think it's if anything it's worse yeah so again it comes back down to that why are you riding yeah that excitement and that fun and you know i've we've had that with like three peaks and stuff like just how inappropriate those bikes are for every single part of that course and no is point is it the best it bike so special but yeah it's the best bike yeah but i think that's that cyclocross personified not yeah. personified that's the wrong word um and no point is a cyclocross bike the best bike yet yeah, still the best bike yeah doing any of those rides like you know riding around stanmer in the dry and you know railing that dusty corner at the bottom and stuff like you feel like you're going to crash and it's it's like with cars like, i used to have a honda crx like a 1980s roll cage ridiculous car by no means was it fast, but it felt like you were going to die in it at any moment. So every corner felt like an adventure, you know, like original Mini Coopers and stuff like that. You can sit in a BMW M4 and fly 140 miles an hour, but you still feel like you're in ultimate luxury. So there's no there's it's, no thrill in it. That is, I mean, I've seen this from um, Josh Porton at the Silker Marginal Gains podcast, but like their whole thing with like tyre pressures that lowers faster is because it's that... I think they call it high frequency feedback. You pump your tires up, you feel every single bump in the road, and you feel like you're going fast. But in reality, and it you're going you. slower. So the thing is, you, you drive a Ferrari yeah. or like a BMW M3 at 100 mile an hour. That's so composed, you don't feel a thing. Yeah. Where if you drive a Mini at 80, yeah, you feel like you're on like you're on the edge of death because <laughs> you're going getting rattled to anywhere. Yeah. You can feel every single bump in the road, but in reality, you're going slower, but you feel like you're going faster. Yeah. It's the excitement, and your brain is very clever and just wants to protect you. So the second it feels that there's something wrong, it panics you. So what we're saying is, which is slower, ride crap bikes downhill, and you'll get really fast, and you'll be safer. Well, when I got back on my mountain bike after riding cross all that time, my mountain bike now I reckon I'm about twice as fast. Because it feels like the softest, easiest thing in the world. Whereas before, it'd be like, oh, no, can't hit that. But now I've hit those things on a cross bike. When you've got huge 400 mil bars and suspension and 2.3 tires, you know, it just feels like an absolute tank. 
huge 400 mil bars is not that big. That's, <laughs> that's 90s mountain biking. <laughs> 430 maybe, yeah. that push. So, um, yeah, I I think you found a new love, Pete, and that's lovely. But you can always you, you, come back and you, find some... You're barred. Imagine him riding that course, but on a hardtail. Imagine him running that course. Running that course. So, Harry, is multi-sport the new cyclocross? No. <laughs> Thank you, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think, like, I remember we saying this, but potential, as like a potential gravel chaser idea, about me, there's like, um, mm. uh, almost like a bit of a scavenger hunt type thing. It's like, I think just like, just different different sports to the different experiences thing. yeah like a bit like um orienteering but on bikes yeah and you've made it Barclay... sound so lame <laughs> <laughs> ultimate frisbee but on bikes <laughs> hacky sack <laughs> yeah essentially the Barkley marathon that's, yeah that, that's what we're aiming for and there's those um i can't remember what they're called but it's uh, like orienteering and you have to run but also ride as well and they do them down south I think orienteering I, I had a, a good friend of mine actually um, he did orienteering for Wales and like travel all over Europe competing at orienteering yeah and literally like they would you'd get your, your bearing whatever you run your compass and they would just run in a straight line like he I did a, a pairs duathlon relay race with them off road it was like a ridiculous off road one and he just dominated like the technical run bit of it because he would just literally run through anything in a straight line <laughs> like no matter what ditch or what bog was there like what cliff it to go down, he would just run in a straight line <laughs> as the crow flies yeah oh, that sounds good they had a great rule i remember them saying it's like so i think they were like the junior welsh team or something like that and their rule was wherever you won on the podium you downed on the podium <laughs> i think it was in italy or something like that and someone won a bottle of olive oil <laughs> 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 Slidey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got easier and easier. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, good luck with your running, Pete. That's yeah. very exciting. We'll miss you. Maybe he can run the length of New Zealand or something. <laughs> Do something weird. We'll send him a visor. <laughs> That's true. We're going to make some TCC visors Advisor, and bum bags. Visor so and you bum can bag, wear Harry, how are your, your season goals going? I mean, like I say, in the last three weeks, I've run once, so I wouldn't say the prep is brilliant, but the tapering is going excellently. And that's what we're all yeah. about. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah polarisation of nothing and everything. That's exactly... I've taken your technique up, so... <laughs> the sebloid polarisation technique. I'll send you um train plan through the post soon. <laughs> so, is it just a blank piece of paper? It is, then? yeah. It's already arrived. <laughs> okay. It's arrived. <laughs> I think you need to hit that button, Sam. It's time for the... Is it on the wrong page, isn't it? Hot topic. Hot topic. I'll introduce this week's one. As I'm, t- as I'm not saying a word during it. <laughs> My two esteemed co-hosts have both turned vegan off the back of a documentary. <laughs> I've even seen the documentary. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> just the hype <laughs> yeah well Sam persuaded me when he told me Oreos were vegan so I thought well it can't be that hard it and, turns out yeah that was a lie oh yeah so you you two to is it to, am I right in saying to varying success or have you stayed yeah. you stay good Harry what in terms of not eating meat and stuff yeah uh, uh 
I did have a spaghetti carbonara about this weekend, which has got a lot of dairy and meat in it. But mostly, uh, mostly, it's mostly Most, yeah. let's can we, can we go back to a carbonara, right? So egg pasta, egg, yeah. cheese sauce, cheese, bacon, and bacon. <laughs> There's not one non-vegan ingredient in the carbonara. Yes, no, there is pasta, and it but is it pa- pasta mushroom. egg pasta most of the time? Oh, it might be, but it had mushrooms in it. it oh, there we go. We got one. <laughs> one. <laughs> And I don't like mushrooms. So Picked them out. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. But other than that, it's going all right. Yeah. It's, we're saying, like, once you get, once you find substitutes, it's not bad. It's just the first kind of week, I'd say, or two weeks of struggling to find stuff which tastes similar to what you had before. That's when it's difficult. Okay. So, you, what's you, have you sort of found that now you've got going on it? that it's um, been easier now, now you know where, like Sam said now you know where things are in the supermarket yeah for sure yeah like and also well I found milk the hardest because there's so many different kind of substitutes for it you use like well, almond milk or soy milk or like what is it oat milk and all the rest of what's, it like trying you, to find the one you like uh, I'm with oat milk just because it doesn't make tea taste too bad so I've just stuck it makes with that. it go very orange though I found it, yeah well it, it looks like you've not put any milk in yeah. but you just got to trust that you have yeah but it, it but it doesn't really taste as much that's okay whereas i think almond milk is it yeah has a bit of an aftertaste and then soy milk is just why would you drink soy milk <laughs> so yeah <laughs> but it's, it's and all crisps are pretty much vegan so i'm that's oh well. i know one of the doritos aren't blue there we go i really? think now i think it's either chili heat or cheese probably cheese <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it might be the cheese one. <laughs> but um, I mean, are you happy with how it's going? Like, in terms of you, you feeling, you feeling like yeah. it's actually doing something? Yeah, I, I, I'm hungry more, but I feel, I yeah, I feel less tired. Did you find you? Did you used to snack quite a lot? Yeah, for sure. But I still do because I can eat crisps and Oreos. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of backfired but I, I, um, and also Bombay mix is vegan so that, that's all good but no no you, you don't, I don't feel as tired I think that's the dairy though more than anything I, I think that's probably the most like not having 10 kilos of cheese every month probably is a big a big benefit um, but I, I'm not super super strict like I um, Sam will explain kind of his approach but I've been less less strict with it like if there's something with a bit of dairy in it or whatever i'm not i will eat it if if i know it's generally healthy it's just trying to avoid kind of processed meats and not chorizo and i don't know exactly that's the problem it's really and there's no substitute for chorizo but um i found sun-dried tomatoes are an okay substitute for sort of bacon and chorizo cooking he needs like some salty fatty bits Mm. yeah um but no that's that's good i think it's good to not force yourself into do it sort of things i think like it's sort of like we're training isn't it if you're really struggling and like making it a chore to do, um, sort of almost like doing too much at once, you're not going to sustain it. So if you do give yourself a little bit of like slack here or there, it's not to say you're never going to almost like go fully that way, but I think you're going to keep keep it up for a lot longer. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So I watched the game changes very late because that's what everyone watched, and I watching it. I was riding at the time and whether the because I knew that there was all sorts of arguments against it and for it and things like that. So I was aware that it wasn't it wasn't all gospel. 
but it just made me evaluate and think about what I did. And as I've said on before on podcasts, diet is something I've never ever like food. I'm not interested in whatsoever. And I've got, I'd happily eat the same meal every day for the rest of my life. And so I just suddenly thought, well, actually there's quite a few good reasons, health and ethically and all that sort of stuff to make a change. And I've got the personality, I think, that would be good at making a change like that. Because you, well, when I'm you commit much, to something, you commit to it. I'm going to do it. And, and then you do I it then. Do it. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I can't like be like, all right, in a week's time, I'm going to do it. It literally was, since being on that bike, I haven't eaten any dairy or meat. You've done it for what, about a month now? Yeah, about a month ago, just over a month ago, I think. But my diet is perfectly was perfectly poised to be able to do it because I don't drink tea or coffee. I don't have milk in my cereal. Uh, I didn't really eat meat. I didn't like meat anyway. Like chicken. Like I, the, Any meat I did like was like breadcrumbed meat and stuff like that. Like I didn't like steaks and things. So I was just watching it going, well, actually, I think it'd be quite easy for me to do. And it is just the convenience thing of knowing what you can have, what you can't have, where things are. Because I was very much, I would go into Sainsbury's or whatever. I'd buy the same food. I do the same routine, you know, when I was getting a snack from a petrol station, when I was getting a Subway or a McDonald's or anything like that, I'd have the same thing. So I've just had to spend a month just working out what those things are. And every choice I've made instead of the meat or dairy version, it's just a bit healthier. And it's still not, you know, like making massive sacrifices or anything like that. I'm literally just doing slightly better things all the time. Would you say that it, you you snack less now? Then I think you said that before. Oh, definitely, yeah. And it just it just makes you think every single time you go to eat something. It just makes you stop and go. Actually, what's in it? What about the choices? What about what can I have? Do I need it? Yeah, and like Harry said, I still have Oreos and stuff like that. If, like you know, but I've been baking lots and stuff like that. Baking like vegan cookies and things, and there's still obviously bad stuff in them, but it's over a period of time, eating slightly better things all that time. And I don't eat McDonald's or Burger King. And just making those choices, I'm then... It just takes a bit of pre-preparation. Mm-hmm. To start with. To knowing stuff. And obviously going out and things like that and working things out. But then what? You're you're sort of battling or going against 15 years of... Yeah. Or longer of, of not eating like that. So, so if... You, of course you've got to learn you, you've, you've taken that long to learn yeah what things you like already so and it's made my diet instantly a million times better eating salads and you know having bean wraps and all those sorts of things Would and you... i still have other stuff like nuggets you know vegan nuggets and things so i still can have those little things that i did enjoy before but yeah i've I genuinely it hasn't been hard at all but luckily i've you know my wife is great at you know looking for things that she thinks i might like and when I stay at my mum and dad's, my mum's found stuff. And so it's just, you know, I've got people supporting me with it. So, yeah, it's um, it's been really good, actually. Is your your diet a bit more varied now, would you say? Oh, massively varied. I've tried all sorts of things. I've had beetroot for the first time. It's great. I don't like it. I mean... Don't like it. Again, the way I, the way I used to eat was everything individually. I'd never mix my food. Like, I'd never put, like, gotcha. a chip with a nugget and eat it at the same time like people do. Or, like... You know, vary their I mean, you've vegetables. Named, you've named two things of, of virtually the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Crispy outer shell and a soft, hot inner. But now it's sort of like I'm having these 
these things that are whichever, just mixed together anyway. Whichever pea and a bean at the same time. Oh no, that'd be awful. <laughs> um, so yeah, and whether it's a placebo or not, but I personally think um, it's made a difference to how how quickly I recover, how much training I can do, and how quick I am. Because well, they veg- their vegetables just got so many antioxidants, don't they? Can- yeah, and it, it may well be a complete placebo. And if it is, then fine. But Placebos are a wonderful thing. Yeah, like last week, it, works, yeah. it was half term and I did 12 hours riding and I wasn't tired once during the week and I'm not destroyed now. And that's like double the amount of time I have done in a long time because I just don't have the time and energy to do it. I happen to have a couple of days where uh, my wife and daughter were out doing something without me. So I went for two massive rides. And then did another ride at the weekend and, you know, normally that would sort of stick you on the sofa and you'd have to veg out lots. But actually, I was fine. And I'm not having to eat that much during rides to compensate. So I'm having a couple of gels and stuff, but surviving. And, you know, even on the crux of doom, I'm setting in winter, I'm setting, you know, I went up Harting Hill like 30 seconds quicker than when I was on my other bike you fancy pants one so well basically the big test now is going to be ditchling beacon sub, exactly sub four minutes yeah what, that's what i what said what can i yeah. do ditchling up so you've got to do sub five you definitely got it in you sure <clears throat> we'll have to see on out. the crux sub five on the crux that means i'm technically first if i was on avenge <laughs> <laughs> in your tt bike. oh no, no no sorry what we're saying is they're the same pace yes, i forget yes, sorry yeah sorry, <laughs> they're the same pace the same pace <laughs> you would actually be slower on avenge because yeah it's just, it's hard because it does have, you know, connotations like when you say you're vegan and things like that, which is, or plant-based and things, but um, it's just one of those things really, but everyone's very understanding of it and, you know, doing it for whatever reasons. So yeah, just trying to keep, keep that going. Found some pizzas that are really nice, that are vegan and um, They yeah. smell the same as a normal pizza. Smells the same. When you leave it in your car. Yeah. Don't have any mayonnaise or anything and uh it, like I said, it's just finding the right things, and but it's making me try all different bits, and that is a thing I've never done with food. So, um, yeah, if, if anyone wants to try it out, feel free. <laughs> Got my seal of approval. Yes, yeah, so uh, send Sam. <laughs> I can send you uh, meal plans, encouragement. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's very difficult to know exactly what effect it's having because if I was training consistently and all that sort of stuff. And I've got measures and power meters and stuff like that. But I don't. But I you, feel better. You're not doing it And that's the main thing. You, so. No, exactly. And, you know, they. it makes me feel nice. So yeah. that's all right. Save the cows. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd punch a cow if it made me quicker at cycling. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't actually punch a cow. They'd, they'd beat me up. <laughs> Especially one of those Swiss cows with the bells around its neck. We need some punch sound effects, don't we? Yeah. Sven? Okay, it's time for a short advert now. So uh, bear with us. Every year in the springtime, we have certainties. The clocks go forward. Fuel prices continue to rise. Every day we hear of another crime on our doorsteps. But most tragically of all, Thousands of Flemings have to go another year without their king winning the Ronde van Blanderen. That's 13 years without joy. 
So for just £3 a month, you can supply them with beer and fruits to help numb the pain. Text GVA to 0413 now. Greg can't hold them. Only you can. Yes, it's the Spring Classics! I'm so excited. (laughs) It's basically like we haven't looked at racing for 10 months. It's the only racing that matters. Keep your Grand Tours. Keep your World Championships. Keep your track cycling. Spring Classics. It also means that it's the... Blanket betting's back. Blanket betting is back. I have reinstalled Bet Three Six Five on my phone. <laughs> yeah, it's on. We've got. I've got some. I've got some bangers of a deal for you guys. Um, very quickly though, let's just go over some of the racing that's been going on. Um, we covered the tour down under, didn't we? Um, so the UAE tour's been happening, um, which has been going very well. Today... Hatterdam happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's one today. Yeah, it's one. So he yeah. he went went solo six k from the line. Absolutely destroyed everyone, apparently. Yeah, and then um, Podjikar, Tadju Podj, um, he followed him for a little bit, but then sort of, I think he, Adam Yates went again, was like 3k to go, something like that, and then he, Adam Yates was about a minute and a half clear of the That's, rest of the field. That is looking promising. Yeah. Who's, is he doing the Tora. Giro? No, I believe Simon's doing the Giro, uh, Adam's on the Tour, I think. Hmm, could be a bit of a dark horse if he's yeah, going well like that. It'll be always him versus the Taj, isn't it? The Todger. And then um, old Evenpol won the time trial against Rohan Dennis. Put 12 seconds into him, yeah. Yeah, like Jesus. calm down, son. He's 6-1 to one for the Giro. Have you seen his I'm position like, on a bike? Is it well. good? That's how yeah. he, it's ridiculous. Yeah, his hands are basically in his... Imagine what you do on the crux. Exactly. He, how far... <laughs> and how, vegan. How much do you spend <laughs> on it? <laughs> Imagine if you rode an ethically sourced bike. <laughs> made out of bamboo made, made out, out of bamboo. bamboo yeah um anything else been going on that's caught caught our eyes um old uh Fuglesang from his scandalous affair with dr ferrari oh, yeah. supposedly who would ride up the colder madone with renowned doper ferrari standing at the side and also full of people yeah what does what does ferrari look like Old, bald, Italian man with big glasses. How can they <laughs> There's a few of them in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he um, he kept a low profile by riding Mikel Lander off his wheel to win a stage. <laughs> Good lad. So, yeah, cheers. I'd get a Ferrari Ferrari um, tattoo. emblem or tattoo or something just to annoy people. Some dust caps. that is ridiculous so what people are saying. Um, yeah, that's but. There's a few other stage races and things going on, but um, I want to get on to Spring Classics. So, this weekend, which is February... What's the dates? 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th? Yes. Um, There is a triple header next week. Oh. We've got, for the men, Omelette, Het Newsblad. Omelette. 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 (laughs) Omelette, Omloop, Het Newsblad, men's and women's races. Not for you, there won't be. And then on the Sunday, Kern, Brussels, Kern. And for the ladies, Omloop, Van Het Hageland. They've they've made that more of a mouthful than last year. (laughs) And then uh, the following Wednesday, um, a week today, is Les Samin men's and women's, even though it's Tuesday today. So that's very exciting. Um, We're going to go over some of those and who we think is going to be the movers and shakers. So obviously, Omloop, Het Newsblad, 
the men's winner is once again going to be the next debuff. Mm. Who is going well? Yeah, well, always goes well in Spring Classics because he is Mr. Spring Classics. <laughs> Mr. Spring Classics himself. You can't pro cycling stats. Yeah, no, I'm just I've got all I've got all the start lists up for a million different things. I think um the women's race, my money on that would be on um uh Cassia Niwadoma. I don't know she's she, she's put uh, Strada Bianca was a big goal for her this season. Mm. So um she's she's podiumed there three or four times already up Strada Bianca, but I think she'll be going well just before that. Of course, um it's an Olympic year, isn't it, as well? And Tokyo is probably quite similar to some of these early spring classics, some of the Ardennes yeah. classics. So a lot of people are going to be going on that. I'd say probably in the women's calendar, the Olympics holds higher prestige than in the men's, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be very, very hotly contested between their races. I watched a really interesting uh, YouTube video about Annemiek van Vluten training with the men's Mitchell yes. and Scott. That like, was insane. She is, she is next level. Like You can see why she's so good. Yeah, she's she's just absolutely amazing. So she's obviously going to go well. And have you seen that um, Bowles Domans have just got a new four-year sponsor? Who's that? Very exciting. Bowles Domans. So obviously Bowles oh, Domans, yeah. they, they didn't, um, they, they're not a UCI World Tour team because they didn't have that in place beforehand. So they, they're, I guess they're, they're not technically a top-ranked team. But yeah, but they're really so good matter. they get invites exactly, no matter what. Yeah. And um, Jumbo Visma have got a new ladies team. Well, it's coming. Oh, they've actually fully announced it. Because people thought Bowles Diamonds were going to be bought yes. and brought into that, which would be a shame because it's really nice to have a private ladies team. Well, yes, yeah, so I think Bowles and sort of Canyon Stram are some of the best funded and best run women's teams out there. So Yeah. So there's lots of lots of teams in the ladies race, which is great. Start um, list. I've got it. Omelette, Het Newsblad, Vruan Elite. I can't see past Van Vluten. They've got such a strong uh, she team. She hasn't raced yet, has she, though, this year? She doesn't need to. Let's see who else we got. Kenya Stram. She just rode away from everyone at the World Championship. Yeah, <laughs> she is very good. Voss isn't raced. Oh, because obviously Voss had um, some surgery. She finished her uh, cross-season early. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's she's not Growing racing. surgery, isn't it? But she's been doing the um, stand-up <laughs> elliptical bike. Is it like a cross-trainer with yeah. pedals? Yeah. That's amazing. Um. Bowles Domans are sending their essentially their full roster. They've got Chantal Black, Christian, Christina Mahares, um Vanden Boss and Van der Breggen. So they've got a very, very strong team. I mean you can't it'd be what's gonna be one of them or Van Bluten, isn't it? Chantal Black. Um won it last year. She's she's got first, second, second, third, two fourths, a seventh. She's not mucking around. Uh Alan Van Dyke, she's got two seconds, a fourth. Uh, that's true. I mean, yeah, a lot of the... Um, so even though they've got Lisa Longo-Borghini, she's always very good at that sort of year. Yeah, she's and got two fifths. That's her best result. Is that, is that in this race or in general this season? In this race. Because then... Three I, top tens. Obviously, on the, on the tracks that get created the team, they've had a, a very, very strong start to the year with Ruth Winder and um, Lotto Hentali, Hentala. So, you've got... The youngest rider is 18 years old. And the oh, oldest rider cool. is 45. <laughs> wow. Natalie Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Keep an ear out for her. <laughs> uh, English riders, you've got Elizabeth Bennett and Emily Wadsworth. Got quite so, a few yeah. English riders. There's obviously there's two on there's the the Barn sisters on Canyon Shram. There's loads. Abby May Parkinson, she's formerly of um who she raced for? She raced cross for 
Trinity. Yes. Tom Peacock's team. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah, and Danny Christmas. Brian for Lottie's to Dar Ladies. Danny Christmas. That's so then, that is a good... In terms of men's and women's then, you've got to pick one each. Uh, who, who, who's going to be your winner of the, the men's? Van der Poel, for sure. Van der Poel. Is he racing? Yeah. Fair enough. I think so. And women's? Yeah, let's check. Uh... Probably Van Vleuten, just because she's the best. Yeah, fair enough. Sam? <laughs> um, I think Bastianelli is going to go well. Bastianelli? Bastianelli. <laughs> well, I can't speak today. <laughs> I th- Yeah, I think she's got... She's had, she's had a win this season already, I believe. She, And I, I think it's going to be the ladies' races and the men's because of people like... Van Vluten and Van der Poel, I think they're going to be cagier than normal, mm-hmm. and teams are going to be more aware of not wanting to let people go. Like when you've seen Van Vluten ride off the front of the World Champs, away yeah. from everyone, I think it's the standard is and the tactics are changing. To you know, especially with these these early season races are becoming more and more important. Obviously, Van Vluten's a very good climber as well, so she can do what she's punchy and she's a climber, so she can win sort of the Giro Rossa and she can win the Yorkshire Worlds. Yeah. But does she ever do that well at cobbled races? That's the thing is, like, there's that skill as part of it. And I, I don't really remember her ever dominating um, sort of a spring classic. Let's have a look. Am, like sort of the, is it the, not the, what are they called? The Ardennes, yes. But when sort of like you're talking your omelettes and your Flanders. I don't think, according to this. Yeah, I mean, she generally races well, she's not. Season. she's not won any classics. Yeah. Um, in terms of the men, though, obviously I've got, I've got back my boy, Zendek, and I think Ellen Van Dyke is going to win the women's one. Oh, let's have a look. So, for those who don't know um, Het Newsblad, it basically goes over a lot of the Flemish Ardennes, the big hills, um, and it also has some flat cobbled sections as well. So, some of the hills are... Where are they? We've ridden some of them. Uh, Mollenberg, Eichenberg, um, the Moor, Tainberg. Don't always go over all of those things, but it's roughly, it's called the hill zone instead of the kill zone. Um, 200k, about 13 climbs. So, um, yeah, it's pretty open. It's definitely not a sprinter's one, is it? It's one where people get away. So, um, Stebar, Valgren won it last year. Um, the year before, sorry. Um, Van Avermaet twice. Ian Stannard's gone well in it. Uh, Van Mark, he's won it before. So, but the trouble is with Van der Poel, it's going to be a real, real eye-opener as how he's going to go and what he's feeling. Like He's going to be very much a marked man and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Because even at Amstel Gold, when he went so well, I think he surprised people almost, didn't he, by coming back. And he's now got the full respect of the road peloton of what yeah. he's capable of. But then I'd of. say in in terms of sort of there's victories when he just tears off the front. That's when he's being marked. But something like Amstel Gold, I, I don't think him being marked. Maybe that's why he couldn't go away the first time. But that like comeback he did. Yeah. Maybe, what, maybe Fuglestang and Alaphilippe took it for granted and had their lead, something like that. But I'd say him being a marked man wouldn't affect how much he could just turn on the burners and or catch everyone up. Especially in races like this where cobbles and things equalize it you know it yeah equalizes people and d- teams don't matter as much but i don't know he's 
a bit like Sagan, he hasn't necessarily, he's got to do it on his own. Yeah. But then I suppose it's, it's races sort of like this where as they equalise it, it sort of means that no one, no one, they, they know how easy it is to get away in say like a race like Flanders or Omloop where you've got yeah. those couple of times is they don't give anyone that chance. It's very rare they'll let someone be like, oh, actually, all right, mate, you go off here. But they, they all, they go with them, don't they? They stick in a big group because they know that literally a little gap can turn into a massive gap yeah. really quickly. I would love to see Van Mark go well, but I just don't. He's done, he, he's almost like he's fallen into the role of a classics domestique now, isn't it? When you've got Betio and um, who's their other rider? Come on, you can you can say it, Sam. Kukule? No. Oh, they have got Kukule, haven't they? Um, they haven't put out the strongest team. No, he's not racing. So that's that's proved me wrong, hasn't it? I mean, Gilbert. But again, Tim Wellens, they're not putting out a massive... I mean, I think Trek Segafredo are probably Langveld's one, one of the strong, one of the strongest teams. You got Decourt, Pedersen, uh, Stuyven, and Toynes. They're they're going to go well. I mean, Pedersen could be. Do you, you know. do, who do you reckon then? Do you reckon there's going to be one team dominating the classics this year? I I think it's going to be a bit better matched. Actually, I think some teams are. You know, with even like CCC, with they've got Trentin in. Mm. You know, you've got quite a few stronger. It's not to say that Quickstep are any weaker. I'd say the other teams are stronger. Obviously, all Quickstep have really lost is um, Gilbert. Yeah. I mean, when you look at their team, Stebar, Asgreen, De Klerk, Jungles, Kaiser, Lampe and Seneschal, all of those riders can win off the front. Yeah. I'm going to go Jungles. Yeah. He's been... I've well, he, he, he won. Um, and he's been doing well. He won Cairn Brussels the day after. Yes. Then I'll say a team like Lotto Sudal, um, I don't think they're that strong. Really? No, they've got Wellens and Gilbert. But mind you, their Omloop team is not that strong. Um, so yeah, I'm hope, hoping for a bit of a battle between some of the teams, but I think Quickstep will still come out on top. Okay, right, let's have a look at... Should we have a look at Le Samin? Cairn Brussels, Cairn? Le Samin? Go for Cairn Brussels because it's a bit different, isn't it? Le Samin is just going to be the same team as Omloop. Yeah. Um, so Cairn Brussels, Cairn's up to the Sprinters Classic. Yeah, previous winners. Well, see, a lot of the big sprinters are in the UAE tour, so I don't know if that ends soon enough for them to get back over for it. Christoph is about. Yeah, but where's Christoph now? <laughs> UAE. Stuyven. He's got a first and a second. Bob Jungles. He's won it once. Ridden it once. Jasper Stuyven won it. Yeah. Is that quite recent? Or like a big long breakaway, I think. I don't know. Obviously, this is the race that was really win. Oh, that was E3, wasn't it? When, um... Yeah, Geraint Thomas. He won it. See, I think Trentin could do well in it. Yeah. A small group. Because we've got to remember, the weather is still pretty um, interesting around Europe these days. So you never know what's going to happen. Terpstra. It'd be nice to see Terpstra do something after obviously he had a bad fall in Roubaix. So, uh, and Trenton as well. I don't know how he's been going recently, but he was going, I know he was going well and uh, Yeah. And nearly won me loads of money. Has he raced yet? It's thirty three yeah. to one for Van der Poel to win San Remo, Flanders and Roubaix. How do we feel about those odds? What was the first one? San Remo, Flanders and Roubaix. I don't mean you had I don't mean you had to have San Remo in there anyway. In that bet. I mean, yeah. I think, yes, <laughs> Flanders and Roubaix, quite possibly. But I, I think, for some reason, I think Sarajevo is like a step too far. For some, but with him... 
I don't think um, Sam Ramos is going to be on. No, we're talking about Sally, aren't we? Because of the coronavirus, um, all of uh, northern Italy is on lockdown. And obviously, San Remo, Milan are quite northern Italy. And there's even talk about the Giro being in jeopardy because, you know, if it's all still happening and you've got a bike race that goes around the entire country, that's probably not ideal. So it's all a little bit dodgy at the moment, which is interesting. I can't get the start this up for Ken. Oh. I can't even find it. So yeah, I'm going Jungles for a good start in these in these races. Um, I'd like to see a Trek Segafredo do well after not doing loads, obviously, with Mads Pedersen winning the World Championships. That changed. But... Do, you think, do you think Pedersen's going to do much this year? I've Well, I've backed him for Roubaix. Okay. I th- I think he's got a lot. And I think they're building a team around him. You know, people like Stoyven and Turns, Ryan Mullen. You've got a lot of Definitely people got, who are going to be... They've got Degen Cobb. Degen Cobb. Yeah, why is he not in any of these? Maybe he's um, saving himself. He's in Lotta. He's in. He's racing Kern. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, that's good. Jonathan Dibbins was an engine. He won the points race at the World Championship, didn't he? And, um, on the track. Yes. Um, and then, obviously, the first unofficial monument, Strada Bianca, is happening in a couple of weeks' time. That's going to be extremely exciting. You've got Fuglesang, Valverde, Van Avermaet, Sagan, Van der Poel, uh, Schachtman, Benut, Nibali, Gilbert, Stibar, Wout van Aert, Roman Bardet. Oh, it's an absolute smorgasbord of riders. I did not realise Van der Poel was doing this many races. He's just hammering it. Yeah. Their new team is... And again, he's such an unknown, like... Oh, I'll tell you who's a, go I'll tell you a big one. Right, I don't know what he's going to be racing, but um, so he's an ex-junior, two-time junior world champion. I think he came, I think he won the Commonwealth Games mountain bike gold. Sam Gaze. Okay. Used to race for Specialised. He's now racing, or Coronel Circus signups is now Alperton Phoenix. Oh. And he is an absolute powerhouse. He was the first person to beat Nino Scherto in like three years. And he's a monster. He's a bit of a stroppy person. Like he's, he's quite renowned for being a bit of a dick. Um, <laughs> we like them, but yeah, he could be those going, people. Let's just see if he's on a Samuel Gaze. But yeah, I think if he's racing a bit of road, he could be a machine. Hmm. But I don't know if he's just there to sort of um, support or more to. Su- Here we go, Sam Gaze. Then he's that's a sort of situation where he goes up the road and everyone marks Van der Poel exactly. and then he gets a chance and he takes it. So the last road race he did, 2020 New Zealand National Championships, DNF. Oh, and the flying mullet won. Um, his 2019 season, National Champs, DNF. <laughs> Brussels Cycle Classics, DNF. <laughs> so he's getting stroppy mid-race and Camp- leaving. Campioschap Van Vlanderen. <laughs> and his best result is at the Tax Pro Classic, Ronda Van Zeeland. Wow. Ronda Van Zeeland. <laughs> is that like a Belgian Flandrian race in New Zealand? Know. I don't know. Eighty um, third. Oh, he was. Um, he's a stagiaire. At, um, quick step last year. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I mean, he came tenth at the Commonwealth Games Road Race. The one. Um, who won that? Did that G win that in Edinburgh? I don't know. No, no, it's been India, wouldn't it? That's the last Commonwealth Games was. Hoff Van Steel won it. Steel Van Hoff. So yeah, that sums up the uh, spring classics. Odds 
everyone's got decent odds because of Van der Poel, you can get people like Gilbert at like 13 to 1. Van der Poel's on 2 to 1. Yeah. I was going to say, they're just covering themselves uh, massively. Uh, uh, the same with Alaphilippe, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think anyone's getting... Um, you're not making much money on cycling this year. Unless you go big. Yeah. But I think that go for a it's random. such a broad sort of little pen of riders at the top. Yeah. Again, I can't see past Van der Poel for a lot of these things, but I hope there's a, there's a bit of a bit of a race between some of those teams. Okay. Wonderful. What are you up to, Harry? What what's your racing and riding looking like for the next uh, week or so? Uh, <laughs> fair. It's a taper this week. Taper week. Following, taper for the taper. Following from, following from uh, last week's taper, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> not as much fun. I might try and do a few more Zwift races. Um, but that's about it. Nothing much planned, really. Have you done the new Crit City course? No, we definitely need to try that, though. I've, I keep meaning to. I did, um, I I did a race funny. on there the other day. Did you what? You did a Zwift, um, a Crit one? Yeah what was that like yeah it's it's really good it's just all out and is it just and flat yeah i read on facebook eric min who's the guy who owns Zwift. um he like did a race and then he commented saying um automatic braking would be good so as in your rider slows down for the corners and then you've got to spring yeah, out of them like a proper that. crit yeah. race ah. and that would definitely separate things because at the moment it's just everyone sitting at their highest wattage they can you don't have to you go up a hill and you just put the wattage higher so mm. it's not it's just a you know a constant effort and then more effort <laughs> whereas with yeah. the braking and stuff like that you would obviously stop pedaling when they start slowing down and then sprint out the corners like it's a proper a proper thing which i think is very good i've just got the het newsblad <clears throat> odds up Van der Poel, 2-1. Avermaet, 13-2. Stebar, 10-1. Third favourite. Jungle, 16-1. I'm surprised he's that high. Uh, Turns, 16-1. Gilbert, 16-1. Trentin, 18. Uh, who else? Christoph, 33. Valgren, 33. Benut, 40. Mads Pedersen, 50-1. I can't ever hear you say Benut now without thinking of a Scotsman. <laughs> Benut. <laughs> Stannard, 80 to 1. He's won it twice. Niels Pollitt, 80. Ben Swift, 150. Niels 80. Uh, Where's he at now? Is he at... Um... He's at Alpes and Phoenix, isn't he? No, he's not. He's at Israel. Oh, yes. With uh, Gripes. Gripes. Oh, I always forget about him. He's, he's going to win Flanders. Just you wait. Um. Yeah, no one else too amazing. I mean, Jungle's at 16. That's not bad. So, yeah, let us know what you bet on. <laughs> and then uh, a quick little look at Flanders, see what the odds are. And then we'll <laughs> off. Alaphilippe, 9 to 1, Flanders. GVA, 14 to 1. Gilbert, 14. Van Aert, 14. Just looks at Roubaix pitches. Ah, Lampart, 33. Valverde, 40 to 1. Van Mark is 40 to 1. Come on. It's because he's past it, they know it. <laughs> It's his year. They know it. Ah, wicked. All right, well, I hope everyone has a really lovely weekend cycling in the pissing rain and doesn't get too sweaty on Zwift. Do you want a quick quiz? 
Oh yeah, of course I do. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to wrap it up. We got a quiz. Sorry, sorry. guys. Uh, I mean, there's only three answers, but you know. I feel like I'm pesto pasta left. I it. thought of three. Sorry, Harry. You can get back to your dinner and stuff. Oh. Pesto pasta with cheese and bacon. Yeah, so pesto. You know, pesto's got meat. <laughs> pesto's got meat. And Spenner's Spenner's got bored. He's passed out. Okay, so this game is called "You Can Make Me Whole Again." <laughs> Patching in the music of obviously Atomic Kitten. Looking back to where we first met. So, I'm going to name you a rider. Okay. Oh, I forgot. And then you have to tell me the team or sort of infrastructure, because obviously some teams change their names, who they rode for, left to another team, and they went back to that team. Okay. That's all made sense? Yeah. I can't give you an example because <laughs> I don't have enough answers spare to give you an example. I'm just trying to think of if I can think of the three before you even say <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ben Swift. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Uh, Sky. Yeah. Madison Genesis. No, and then back to Sky. You get the gist of the game. Back to Sky. So that team he went to was UAE. Ah, oh. I didn't. Uh, did he? There we go. Oh. Yeah, he did. One, one year. <laughs> um, oh. Okay, this one's a no. That shouldn't be sad. Cameron Meyer. Oh. Mitchelton Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Green Edge back then. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, this is, this could be too hard a game. Cameron Meyer. This is quite difficult. I mean, after yeah. I, can, I can edit the way we do this game. I can, uh, tell, I can tell you the. the is team. it a Belgian team? No. NTT? I don't know. Yes, it was. Double D. Dimension Data. Yeah. And then, then back, back to, to Green Edge, yeah. Like it. Yeah. Last one then. This one, yeah, it wasn't straight away, but Lackey, Lachlan Morton. Uh, Dre Pack. Yeah. Garmin. Then, yeah. I suppose it was. It was kind of great. I think it was Garmin Sharp when he was there. Uh, He's a world tour. Every every team is world tour. Where did Lachlan Yeah, education, did you say that? Oh, so that's where he went back to afterwards. And then rejoined. So he was there for After. a while. No, he actually stepped it. So he did step down to Jelly Belly. But he was oh. at a World Tour team after that. Uh, Lotto. It was. Double D again. Did I mention that? Yeah. Oh, of course it was. There's that amazing picture of him. There's a really good portrait of him. Yes. I wanted to make as a t-shirt. But there you go. got in the way. So, you can make me hold again. Uh, it might have legs. I don't really know. I, I think it's a bit of a... It's not the most fun game, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, well, on that exciting <laughs> note, <laughs> hope you all have a lovely Harry, time. We, we've been petered out for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> this <laughs> well, podcast has been tapering. I uh, <laughs> hope you've enjoyed your time listening, whether you're in the car, cycling, on the turbo, in the bath, having a poo, not in the bath, or on the turbo. Hopefully not for all of it. <laughs> not, <laughs> <perfect. laughs> not in any of those aforementioned places. Um, good luck with all your races. Um, we will speak to you in a week or two weeks' time where we can review the opening weekend and opening weeks of Spring Classics, maybe Strada Bianca, and then we'll be looking forward to Flanders and Roubaix, both our trips and the pro races, not as important as our trip. And we'll also be looking at what racing we're maybe going to do. We're going to start getting back on it. So remember, everyone... If you can't, if you find it too difficult, 
You can always move down a category. <laughs> Unless you're a third guy cat. running. Go running. If in doubt, become a trainers out. adventure runner kayaker. Peace. Well done, everyone. That'll do. Good effort, team. Nah. Yeah. Some good off-the-cuff stuff. <laughs> Some good us just looking at our laptops and talking what we can see. <laughs> I mean, I might edit this one a little bit. Oh, man. <laughs> Had to stop and get the train home after being threatened by a <laughs> of a driver. <laughs> 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 That's classic. <laughs> That's the best bit of it. Where how'd you where'd you get that from? On uh What's it? Instagram. Strava. Uh, Strava. On oh. a Strava ride.